When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I've, just, I've, I've, started, I've started realizing that it's just better if I hit the record button before I even hit call because you'll, you'll hop on, you'll say something ridiculous to me. And I'm like, man, I wish I had had that captured in a digital form. That's true. Let me tell you this. Um, my wrists really hurt. Why? Start the episode and you can find it out. Welcome to the Crunch, uh, episode one hundred. Hold it on, is. let me do that better. <clears throat> let me let me take another pass. Let me take another pass. Are you ready? <sighs> Welcome to the Crunch, episode one hundred. Is your boy Ethan? And I'm Patrick. Okay, we finally got to one hundred. We can stop counting the episodes now. I think we can <laughs> finally be done. I don't think anybody wants us to count the episodes anymore. I don't think anybody cares. We made it to one hundred. We did it. We proved that we passed elementary school. We know three digits i think i think we can continue to count the episodes internally just so that we can continue to feel good about ourselves because that's what podcasting is all about um but the people don't need to know what episode we're on anymore i don't think i think everybody's tired of our bit and it's finally reached its apex we're at 100 thank you for listening the podcast is over (laughs) it's all over shut it all down shut it down the only Um, way to win is not to play (laughs) i mean the weird thing about 100 episodes is that in four weeks is hashtag Crunchiversary 2 Electric Boogaloo. So <laughs> Crunchiversary 2, still crunching. This is Crunchiversary 2, the squeakle. Crunchiversary 2, the search for Crunchy's gold. <laughs> Crunchiversary 2, the Empire Crunch is back. I don't know. That was... Crunchiversary 2, Secret of the Ooze. As Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles right there. That's, That's good. That's good. We can do Crunchiversary 2 back in time, kind of like a Back to the Future kind of situation. Crunchiversary 2, Simba's Pride. Ooh. Hmm? Yeah? Uh, Crunchiversary 2... Oh, sorry. I'm drinking this mini can of Coke, and it's really ruining me. It's not a Fanta. Not a Fanta. Um, Sorry, we're back. Crunchiversary 2. Ethan... Dang it! I can't. It's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that was that was going to be our our first Christmas episode. Remember, Ethan saves Christmas. I can't remember that at all. I had a whole thing written out, and I sent it to you, and you were like, "I hate this. I don't want to do oh. this." <laughs> that was at the point in time in our podcasting relationship where anytime you tried to put any effort into the podcast, I just got annoyed than that. <laughs> I'm glad that's over now. Yeah, yes, because we actually classic. we actually have like people that we can you know show cool things to, and we should do a Christmas episode this year. It'd be so much fun. We definitely should, and I think we definitely will. Um, what was I going to say? About you were going to talk uh, about freshman orientation. No, 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 no. Bef- no, we should do the other thing first. But the the podcast. Oh, um, no, I'm just I'm glad 100 episodes is really cool because it means. Oh, I was going to make a joke about like. Um, thank goodness I, I the only reason I'm still doing this podcast is because I continually am getting more and more famous each and every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, mom. Mom, I'm joking. Mom, um, stop texting me in the middle of the podcast. Mom, stop. Oh my gosh, leave me alone. Um <laughs> I love you, mom. I just talked to my mom for 30 minutes on the phone last night. It was great. That's awesome. I was thinking that as I was unfurling this one 100 foot Ethernet cable to the other side of the house, Hashtag I was like, the only 100. reason I'm still doing this because I'm getting famous. <laughs> <laughs> stupid, a stupid, dumb, dumb, prideful boy. But uh, anyway, I'm not actually. Uh, let's see, what were we gonna, what were we gonna do? We were gonna talk about the our favorite episode, our favorite episode title, and our favorite guest. Yeah. So maybe we're... are we? We're gonna do favorites. that real quick. We're gonna do favorites. So that's should... Let's just favorites. Like like any good parent, we have favorites. Mhm, mhm. I would have to say, 
my favorite episode or the one that I at least reference the most in real life is probably the um, radical hospitality episode. Ooh, uh, nice. Yeah. I talk about that all the freaking time. Um, I've given a talk based on that episode. I've given, I've written things to people. I've, I almost read a chapter in Tommy Ty's new book um, about shout it. Out, like there's just, it's very, book. yeah, it means a lot to me, but. That's that would be my episode, but my favorite title is probably "Cracking Open a Life Team with the Boys" because <laughs> that was the episode that changed, changed everything for us. It was true. That's um, a really that, that was a really big episode because that episode led to my favorite guest, which was Mark Hart. Okay, um, cool. Which I know yeah. is a cop cop out answer, but it happened. That interview happened at the perfect time in my life that I needed him to be on. Um, so it, it has a special place in my heart. Yeah. What that, about you? That, uh, that episode was definitely like, I remember one of the biggest milestone episodes for you and like your spiritual journey, spiritual journey, which is, it's really great when like, I see an episode affect you in a really great way. And then when like, it affects me in a great way, you know, like when it affects us in a, when it affects our actual prayer lives, that's when I know like the podcast is worth it. Cause it's changing our stubborn hearts. Exactly. Um, yeah. So my favorite all time favorite episode was the one last summer um when i crashed my car that oh, was yeah. like that was like a, that was a really good episode i remember i was recording it in my uncle's basement and uh like that i remember having this really that was actually the same night that that was the week after the life team episode because that night mark hart dm'd us on twitter so that's a fun little connection that was a really good year oh. um so th- that after, summer was great that, that was a really great summer but after after uh, besides the whole car crashing thing um, that was that, that was the <laughs> yeah, episode. It was great for me. <laughs> um, and then I lost my job. Man, that was a great summer. But we, uh, the, the made me what, feel like a jerk now. <laughs> I forget what the episode was called, but it was this episode where I had a revelation of like, oh wow, I don't receive love very well. Do you remember that episode? I do. You do. But I don't remember yeah, I don't which remember the one it was. Um, I forget. Came through the Spotify feed to like find the title and I'll mention it later if I do find it. But uh yeah, it was it was really it was really good breakthrough moment for me. My favorite title was Our Lady of Flimbo Flambo. Um mostly because it's the episode title that I reference the most in my everyday life. And also it uh Oh wait, no, never mind. You said it. That's right. Ah, man. There there was this there was this brief moment in the beginning of the crunch where all of the episode titles were coming from ridiculous things that Ethan said. And there was a really significant moment for me when one of <laughs> one of the episode titles came from something that I said. <laughs> Do you remember which one it was? Um, no, I man, I wish I had my computer. I think was I think eat your Bible was the first thing that you kind of penned. No, but guess what? That actually came from my friend Ian. Oh, so not for so me. So it was not for me. I just said the thing that led to it. Yikes. Um. Also, it there's another cable. there's another podcast called The Crunch on Spotify, and we need to take them down. I know it's about it's about Bitcoin and like blockchain. I know, which means I, I don't understand. But which means they they definitely should, know how to sue us and take our name. So uh, yeah, we should do a crossover <laughs> Crunch v Crunch episode and like Crunch invite them on and like <laughs> ask them about their faith life. <laughs> That'd um, be fun. The Bouquet Boys. That one was a good one. Oh my gosh, I, I I can find it. I promise. That's oh okay. oh I oh, can... oh wait, oh, I remember what ahead. it was. It, it was two weeks before Radical Hospitality and the Maple Syrup of Independence, uh, and then the guest. No, no, we didn't have a guest. It was it was the Wanta Fanta episode. Oh, nice. Yeah, May twenty first, two thousand seven. The Wanta Fanta episode: Materialism, Loss, Freedom, 2007. and Mercy. Two thousand seventeen. Two thousand seventeen. And then my favorite guest was our actually so mark hart is our top guest ever listened to and our second time all-time listened to guest is Teresa bova no you're wrong no i'm wrong it's avera is our top guest oh oh oh, oh you're right it's Avera. i mean it's hard to it's hard to rank our guests because all of our guests have been awesome like avera was amazing jake was awesome arlene um I mean, those are just the ones coming to the top of my head. But I, the should, Cotters, I, should, I should make a bracket. Mikey Needleman, Tommy Ty. Like, it's just we've had so many cool people on the show. 
um, which is actually amazing. If you Steve the Missionary, I was talking about listened like, episodes, but yeah, I think Averas is the top listened to guest episode. Yeah, which is just it's cool. Sure. It's cool to look back. One hundred episodes of fun. Um, but yeah, one hundred episodes. Thanks to the audience for being here with us. Yeah, and so shout out to all of our guests ever. Uh, we have all sixteen episodes of you. You're great. Um, even the even uh, even the ones that we weren't prepared well for and uh, made which you, is, which is all of them. which is all of them. So thanks. <laughs> I remember when we were sitting down for we were sitting down to prepare for the Mark Hart interview, and we we're like, let's see, what do we know about Mark Hart? Tall. <laughs> he is a tall guy. <laughs> And I was like, I actually don't know if he's that tall. <laughs> What's the first question we're going to ask him? How's the weather up there? I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but, yeah, so that's – I mean, I don't have anything else to say on Crunch 100. I just wanted to get that out of the way. Can we talk about uh, my freshman orientation? You just wanted to get Crunch 100 out of the way, LOL. All right, yeah, yeah, sure. We can talk about or- orientation. Okay, cool. Um, so here at the University of Tulsa, I am – a missionary obviously but the cool thing is that i got to be an orientation mentor which is so they kind of have like a i don't know what you would call it i mean it's orientation but they have small groups and you go around you listen to people talk about things about the university policies introduction tours on campus like just really introducing freshmen to the campus right and so i i'm not a leader because i'm not a student but i do get to be a mentor because i'm a part of the i'm affiliated with the university you know Mm-hmm. So I just got to hop into one of the small groups and, and just kind of meet people and, and be be there for them. The first problem was that they all thought I was a freshman too, um, <laughs> which which I'm not going to say hurt funny. my feelings, but it, it does wound my pride a little bit. Um, secondly, they all thought when I explained what I did, they all thought that I was a graduate student and I couldn't like – I was like, no, I'm not getting another degree. They're like, well, did you go here? And I'm like, no. And they're like, well, why are you here? And I'm like, well, let me start over. (laughs) (laughs) I was sent. So that was, I was sent here. I did not have a choice, but I'm glad that I'm here. And they're like, what is, is, so that was fun. But then, so here's the, here's the rub, right? So as with any freshman orientation, you're going to get, before before you get into this, before you get into this, sorry, I just, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to be able to say this again. I want to affirm you in the fact they thought that you were a freshman. All right. I want to be an intentional in affirming you because, because you, because I got a young face. No, it's also, well, maybe, but also because you're just so full of joy, the joy of the gospel, the, the Mm. Morris, nope, the, the event, nope, the, you're so full of the joy of the gospel that you don't look like a brain dead senior you look like a, f- a bright-eyed bushy-tailed freshman so i just want to affirm you in your joy now you can talk about the horrors of of what i can only assume was being pushed was birth control being pushed on teenagers thank you for uh making me feel like a a young squirrel that's, that's really <laughs> kind of the best compliment that you could receive as a 22 year old man you know ethan you remind me a lot of a squirrel you got the Appreciate cheeks. It. You got the cheeks for it. Hey, the face cheeks, folks. Face cheeks. The face. Let's cheeks. keep it clean. <laughs> um, so we get to we get to orientation, right? And they do so they kind of have this off-site camp thing that we went to, mm-hmm. and before they have the big dance party and the ice cream social, which is what everybody's looking forward to, they sit you down. They have a bunch of skits, and they make you watch these skits. And one of the skits was about. Um, well, there were multiple skits, obviously, like drinking, um, cheating, all good stuff. Like, you know, don't drink. The, the funny thing is a side note about the drinking one. They're like, we're not they came out and they're like, we don't we're not assuming that you're going to drink. But then they proceeded to have a 15 minute skit about drinking safely. And I was like, <laughs> if, you, if you weren't if you weren't assuming that they're going to drink, why? Why would you have a, a 15 minute skit about it? Um, but anyway. And they have all this stuff, kind of, you know, basic studying habits, adjusting to your roommate, all these things, right? Some of them were pretty funny. Um, and then we get to the sex one. Uh-oh. And boy, let me tell you what. They uh, had a guy and a girl just, like, on a couch. And the girl was like, um, I feel like we need to take the next step in our relationship. And the guy's like, whoa. And <laughs> at that moment, from 
off stage, there come four people dressed up as ghosts, and they all have four have different labels on them. One is like herpes, another is gonorrhea, another is HIV, and then the final one is you guessed it, pregnancy. Oh <laughs> and, no! And I immediately shout from the stands, "Pregnancy's not a disease!" Everybody around me looks at me like, "Who is this kid? What is he you yelling? Did? Why is he yelling?" That's I, awesome. I one hundred percent did. I one hundred percent did because that like made me so mad in that moment. Um. And I understand that they weren't saying like pregnancy is a disease. They're saying no, that it's an totally unwanted outcome. They totally sex. were. But, but also, they ghost. were definitely saying that it's a pregnancy ghost. was a disease. It was a ghost dressed it's up the ghost. same as herpes was. Like, oh my god! And it was. They were like, "Oh man." The, and then the girl in the skit was like, "If only there was a way for me to avoid all these unwanted consequences of sex." And the dude unfurls a roll of condoms, and it's like the biggest applause of the entire night. And I'm like. This Yikes. is why I have a job. <laughs> this is why I'm here. It's like that. It was. It was absolutely insane. Um, also, I don't understand I just, I'm just, if his character was so caught off guard by her wanting to quote take the relationship to the next level, then why was he packing heat? Why was he? Why did he have a roll of twelve <laughs> condoms in his pocket? Who? I'm confused. I, I I don't know much. I'm 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 as wise as serpents, but innocent as doves, as the saying goes, in terms of of, of condom uh, transport. But I don't. <laughs> I feel so. My my pockets, my pockets are tiny. Okay, like I I don't have girl tiny pockets. You know, like those jeans that go down uh-huh. like two inches. But I oh. I have I have some room. But I definitely don't have enough room for twelve condoms just in case. I you know. To be honest, I wasn't paying too much attention as to where he pulled them out of. They could have been in the couch. And I wasn't paying much attention, um, but it looked like they came out of his pocket, and they just all of a sudden were there. So, take that for what you will. But I, yeah, anyway, we're, we're not going to talk about the mechanics. Condoms don't protect you from herpes, but fine. Um, yeah, <laughs> or from pregnancy, but, really. Right. Well, yeah, and, and here's the other thing, right? That kind of wigged me out was you've got. A bunch of people up on stage being like, you know, don't binge drink. It's really bad for you. Um, you know, don't have sex uh, unless you're ready and you've talked about it and you've communicated. You you have consent, all of these things. Make sure you respect women, all this stuff. And then immediately we leave and we go to the dance party and they start playing songs about binge drinking and having sex without acquiring consent and disrespecting women. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute. Hold on here. What's the, what's the message? What do we really – and th- – Patrick, let me tell you what. Kind of what we talked about after training was over about how the music we listen to, the TV shows we watch affect us, right? Yeah. Well, they were telling us in the uh, in the orientation, like you've got to do things. They were this was more about like diversity and kind of adjusting to to things that you're maybe not comfortable with. But it was like you have to take a leap, right? You have to you have to jump outside of your comfort zone because you know that's where growth is going to happen. And I really wanted to walk up to him and be like, you really shouldn't play all of these songs. It might be uncomfortable, but that's where growth is going to happen. And like, because it's it's so baffling to me that we just play the same old songs about the same old sex and the same old drinking just because we all know them and we like them, quote yeah. unquote. And it's, I don't think people really think about what they're actually telling these freshmen. Like, okay, don't drink, don't, don't binge drink, don't have all this sex, blah, 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 blah. But here, go listen to Yeah by Usher. It's just- <laughs> Worst. Worst song. Exactly. And we, so, I mean, I just kind of wanted to share my experience. This is what, like, the, the freshmen were overwhelmingly applauding for all of the things that you would not want them to applaud for. And, you know, and so if anybody's thinking, like, oh, we're making progress on the college campus, uh, we still got a lot of ways to go. So, I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's nothing new. It's no new information, but. Yeah, it's it's a huge, it's a huge issue. I yeah. Uh, that that really sucks you're right it is, there is a there is a glaring hypocrisy right of mm-hmm. i mean it's very it's very similar to christians saying things so like doing doing uh sinning right and like being hypocrites in the world and then going into church and singing hymns about loving jesus and loving each other and then they go out and don't do it it's kind of the opposite it's like in in the skits and stuff saying things like that are that are virtuous like respecting women and like mm-hmm. avoiding binge drinking and meaningless sex and then going and singing hymns essentially about <laughs> meaningless sex and binge drinking and right. you know it's where does your heart lie and like where where do you where do you want to go on these two extremes uh teresa has recommended the respect women corner of clubs 
which is for when you don't like the beat, but you or so you like the beat, but you don't like the lyrics, and you just uh-huh. stand in the corner and frown and just bob your head up and down. That is one hundred percent what I did <laughs> when these songs came on. I went over and I stood by the water cooler and I crossed my arms and I watched. That's it's so annoying. I mean, I the freshman orientation dance at do? Franciscan like... is the friend the rest the freshman orientation dance at Franciscan is pretty good. They they're they're usually good with like getting a band that doesn't play ridiculous songs that's one of the things it's like that's one of the, that's one of the benefits of having um a band and not a dj is that bands yeah. will tend to not sing songs about um molesting drunk women and will because, because they no one, have to sing those lyrics yeah you know? no one it's wants like, to say those words out loud right. you know <laughs> um but you know that playing just playing random songs from an itunes playlist or who uses itunes anymore from a spotify playlist is like you open up to all of those songs that we all know, but like we really shouldn't play in public or at all. Uh, yeah. And we had that issue at, at Spring Formal last year. It was like there were a bunch of songs where I was like, "Why is this being played at our Spring Formal?" Like I, I tend to enjoy the uh, the bubble that I live in at Franciscan because it's yeah. it's less of a bubble and more of like a you know, we don't have to listen to music like that. But the, I guess it was like it was a it was another it was a dj that wasn't from franciscan so he was just playing mm-hmm. what college kids like to listen to and i was like ah the secular world mm-hmm. it's all around us get it off and then we kind of get into the small groups afterwards and we're talking about you know this and that and the other thing and uh, one of the things that we talked about was how to kind of uh, build a bridge if you will um to people that are different from us which was a really good conversation but there were some things that i heard that were very concerning um, just within my small group, because there are people literally saying, like, it is impossible for me to build a bridge with somebody who's racist or homophobic. Like, there's no I will. I refuse to build a bridge to them because they're so far off from uh, what I believe that I would have no way to relate to them. And it was like. And everyone's like, yeah, that's so. Yeah. Tolerance. Uh, yeah. Uh, ignorance leads to hate, which is bigotry, like. I don't know. They just kept throwing around a bunch of buzzwords because they were 18 year olds and they don't know how to formulate a cogent thought, but sorry, that's not a diss to all you 18 year olds out there. It's just sometimes when you you talk about things, I was the same way. I still am the same way. It's just a, I don't know. It's a, when you're in a group and you're trying to impress the other freshman girls in your small group, sometimes you, you get carried away. Oh, I was, I was picturing a room full of, of boys, but you're right there. We, cause we don't, we don't do co-ed small groups at Franciscan. Yeah. It was was co-ed small group. So there are these people talking about how like they, they they go automatically to the extreme. And this is, oh, this is an interesting thing too. And this is kind of the part of the same conversation is I had offhandedly said something when we were waiting for a session to start or whatever um, about how every person has, has infinite dignity, right? Like every person is, yeah. is valuable, right? And the guy next to me goes, what about Hitler? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, well, this is a pickle. Um, I was like, well, Yes, Hitler did some of the, some very atrocious things, but uh, he's still a human being. He's like, whoa, I don't agree with that at all. And I'm like, that's okay. And so kind of there's this weird thing that's kind of surrounding the these groups of kids that are saying, like, if somebody I, – if I perceive somebody to be bigoted or or hateful, then there's no possible way that I can ever engage with them or there's no way that they could have any dignity whatsoever. Yeah, which they, is they automatically lose their dignity. That's right. Nice. Which is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause you know, the whole, the whole Hitler thing, Hitler is used as a yardstick for moral atrocity, <laughs> right? Like you have mother uh, Teresa and you have Hitler somewhere between mother mm-hmm. Teresa and Hitler is like the phrase. But unless you're unless you're Christopher Hitchens, in which case Mother Teresa and Hitler are basically right next to each other. Oh yeah, Mother Teresa is basically the worst person that ever existed. Because um, <laughs> if I can if I can prove that she sinned once, that means Christianity isn't real. Uh, so yeah, and and then and then you can if you if you have Hitler as this completely uh, absolutely morally re- reprehensible person with no dignity, and then you are able to compare someone to Hitler, then you've all of a sudden made a logical jump to. Hitler has no dignity. You are like Hitler. You are you therefore have no dignity. And there's a lot of like uh false equivalencies in that in that logic and that line of reasoning, but it's a really quick way to get someone uh to to morally justify being a horrible person to someone. And right. 
it's true that people who are racist and people who are homophobic need to change. There's, oh yeah. There's no there's no question about it. Like they need to adjust their worldview. Mm-hmm. Not to conform with society, but to conform because that's what that's what people who are racist will tell you, or people who are like homophobic, or people who are just a little too a little too prejudiced. They'll yeah. they'll say that like you know oh the society just like it used to be this way and mm-hmm. now now you can uh, it's just it's just uh, oh the the PC culture is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like and that that's why I can't say the things that I used to. It's like no no it has nothing to do with the PC culture. It has something to do with objective morality that racism is bad, homophobia is bad, prejudice is generally bad. But it's a tenet of our faith that we have to be able to build bridges in the sense of, hey, you're over there in bad land. You need to get over here to good land. Mm-hmm. And then we need to go. People don't like to cross bridges without a purpose. So we need to go over and get them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's that is something that that is something that college freshmen don't want to do. Right. It is, his his response makes sense. It it's a little virtual. It's a little virtue signaling. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I could I could never even think about being friends with someone who was formerly a racist it's like oh wow you're so high you're so high and virtuous that you could never even associate with someone like that like that's incredible that's really impressive um that's that's kind of what that's probably what he was going for but it's actually kind of just cowardly and and it ends up sounding prejudiced against people who used to be racist yeah like (laughs) so you you lose both ways you lose both ways hey thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And I think another thing that was brought up um, by one of the one of the freshmen, actually, um, he said him and I ended up having a really good conversation afterwards. But he said, you know, if we respond to people, um, let's say somebody says something racist or homophobic or whatever. Right. Or we we find out that they kind of have these tendencies and we respond to them kind of in the way that was suggested by a number of these freshmen by, you know, shutting them down, shutting them out, comparing them to Hitler. Then they're just going to be more set deeply in their ways. They're going to hold on to that thing that was just attacked and they're going to get defensive and you're going to have less and less of a chance to build that bridge. They're going to just yeah. entrench themselves more and more on that idea. Um, and so then, yeah, he did. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. It was very good. I was like, wow, look at you go. Um, and so he suggested, he was like, well, maybe we, we build a bridge to them. Um, and we're not, maybe not in the hopes of, um, you know, going to where they are, but you know, letting them walk over. And everyone was like, I saw multiple people just like shaking their heads. And I was like, 
He just said the smartest thing out of all of you guys, and you're all just rejecting it. (laughs) Like, what the heck? That's ridiculous. I mean, that's so, that's, why, why can't, why isn't that a good thing, right? Because I a, have no idea. I'm like, like if a, a if a word. if a racist if you're really against racism, honestly, like I, I just I have this this inkling that there are people out there that actually don't care about social justice because it doesn't affect them in 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 a sense. Like it doesn't, you know, honestly, Ethan, like it doesn't affect me if um, illegal immigrants are granted amnesty. In, right. in a in a in a strong way right like it, it doesn't affect me much it doesn't affect a large swath of of young university students in oklahoma but the only reason they some of them i feel care about these things is because it's what's popular and what is um is cool to care about and like there there are pros and cons to justice being cool like that's that's that I'm i'm fine with that to some extent but if you were really against racism one less racist in the world should be a good thing, you know? But if you aren't necessarily against racism, you're just against the idea of, like, racism existing or, like, you just – you want they want to set up this wall between them and the bad people because they want people to see them as good people. You, you understand what I'm saying, right? It's if, you, if, if, that, if, that, if those kids were truly against racism, they would be happy at the idea of you can actually get rid of racism without having to murder someone because that's the only other way you can get one less racist in the world is if they die. Um, and if you believe in the dignity of human of the human person so well, which is the only way that you could be not racist, then you should also not want people to die. Yeah. It's just so – this is fascinating to me because this kind of reveals a lot about human nature and how we think. Yeah. And how we – so, I mean, we take it – We let's just simple it down to two groups here, right? You've got racists, and then you've got people who hate racists so much – that they don't want to interact with racists. And all of a sudden, you've got this wall, like you were talking about, between the two groups, because nobody wants to put forth the effort to build a bridge instead of a wall, right? Yeah. Um, and so now all of a sudden, but take that, take those two groups, and you, you multiply that by 100 and 1,000, because those are all the groups that we have that are basically building walls between each other, um, which is, again, magnified through social media, the internet, um, soundbite culture, clickbait culture, um, technology being more and more um, personal, more and more um, you can be immediately connected to the people that agree with you and you can literally block the people that you disagree with. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Which is great, which is great to, to handle, you know, bad situations. But, um, I mean, that's that's where we're at, you know? And then it, this goes back to the apostolic endurance thing that we talked about a couple episodes ago. And do we really have the endurance to walk with people that we strongly disagree with? Do we have the endurance to say, okay, like we disagree right now, but I'm going to continue to be your friend and continue to learn more about you and to love you and to, you know, hopefully share, you know, more about my life and more about who I am with you and see if that, you know, changes both of us, you know, nobody wants to do that because that takes time. Right. And when you're on a Mm -hmm. college campus, the only thing I have time for is chicks, and drinks am i right boys let's go <laughs> oh man do you remember but google plus like, i do I, I still have an account i use it every day yeah me too um we should add let's each other people. let me tell you this about google plus google plus is where i found the coney 2012 video <laughs> really <laughs> that's a really fun sentence to say that's true that was the that was the year that google plus existed mm-hmm. only that I was one year. of the first I was one of the first 1,000 people to watch the Coney 2012 video because I was on Google Plus right after school. And uh, that's when it came out. That's when it dropped. And so I I watched it. Yeah. And I was like, man, I got to save. I got to save these people. There was a a club. There was a club at my high school called the Invisible Children Club. Invisible Children? Yeah. Did I talk about I talked about this at the on the podcast. It was funny because it wasn't it wasn't funny, but it was because their yearbook. It was just two people in the club and their yearbook picture was. was just them and um someone was like where are the rest of them and someone they're invisible you can't see yeah it's actually the school what you just have it's the biggest club in school you just have no clue you just have no clue because they're all invisible um it's like it was the not pictured colon and then everyone (laughs) um anyway i actually never saw the 2012 video so 
you have to send it to me sometime. But Google oh. Plus was my my friend Zach. Shout out Zach. Uh, emailed all of us back in youth group, and he was like, "You guys all have to get Google Plus." But unfortunately, you have to set your age to eighteen because you can't have a Google Plus account unless you're eighteen. I was like, "All right, cool." Mm-hmm. So I set my age to eighteen, and I got a Google Plus account. And um, it was weird because the whole concept of Google Plus was like, so Facebook in- took what MySpace did and introduced friends, and then Google Plus tried to do what Facebook did and introduced circles. And yeah. so you have like these circle of friends and some of them intersect into other circles, but like generally there's circles. Right. And I never really liked that idea because I didn't really feel like I could segment all of my friends into different specific boxes or circles. I guess circles are softer boxes, if you will. Um, I've never been a circley guy. I've been a round boy, but not a circley boy. And I, it's mostly cause like I, I just, if I feel weird separating people, Right, yeah. I want all of my friends to be able to hang out. I want you, mm-hmm. Ethan, to be able to hang out with Daniel. Shout out, Daniel. Right. Even though I don't, even though you two are not associated in like a in in like a uh, a physical way at all, you've never met each other. But I am friends with you, and I'm friends with him, and I I would love it if you guys could meet and be friends as well. Like that, that's just that's just kind of how I operate in my default. Right. And so it it's helped. You love it when your friends are friends with your friends. Absolutely. Hands down. Oh, yeah. And I it's just not do. natural. It's just not natural to like set up a wall between mm-hmm. people. And and so so extending that to people oh. that aren't my friends, right? Shoot. It's weird to even separate people in circles at all mm-hmm. in general. It's just it's just strange. Even even the church is this um permeable membrane, mm-hmm. right? Like it's a circle, it's enclosed but it's open at the same time. It's this fun little contradiction, right? Where there is a difference between me and an unbaptized person, but mm-hmm. not in the way that they can never have what I have. Right. And so like, it's permeable, right? You can go through it. Um, and we, the world does the opposite. It says, this is who you are. Stay there. This is who I am. I'm going to stay here. And lucky for me, my side is the best side. So you suck. And that's what that's what all of these teenagers, all of these young kids who've probably never left their hometown until this point, right. they don't understand the different things that exist in the world, and the same, um, the same o- quote unquote open mindedness that they approach like Eastern religions. Perhaps I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to stereotype here. Um, they should also take that. That was, that was a little mean. But like, <laughs> you know, have you ever noticed that? That's just that's just kind of how like like oh, people are so open minded with like Eastern religions, but not with Christianity. Yep. Um. That same open mindedness should be not an open mindedness in order to accept new ideas that you've never heard before, because that's not always a good idea. It should be an open heartedness, right? Because wow. you should be able to love the people that espouse those different ideas. Because you should, the ideas that you have, you should have them because you've researched or because you've experienced or because you've loved these ideas and, like, you believe them with your whole heart. Open-mindedness just kind of, like, adds confusion. Open-heartedness <clears throat> brings in people to experience what you have found to be the truth. And that extends to helping someone not be racist, and that extends to helping someone believe in Jesus. Yeah. I mean, open-mindedness um, is really just looking for the next novel idea, right? Yeah. Like the next the next new thing to hop onto because it's it's fresh and it, it gives you your brain a new challenge maybe. Open heartedness means like loving every new person in your life. Like yeah. that's which is vastly different, you know? And and I love what you were talking about with the with the circles and the membranes and the things. Can I take it to the next level? Let's do it. The Trinity. <laughs> Communion of persons. Yes. Right? Boom. Like, think about the way, like, the, oh, gosh, it's just, it's it's a constant sharing of love between the Father giving himself totally to the Son, the to- Son giving himself totally to the Father, and the Holy Spirit is, like, th- the gift between the two. And it's, if we're really trying to image that in our lives and in our relationships, then there's no such thing as boxes or circles, um, you know? Like, the church is about as close as you can get on this earth, right? Yeah. Um, and because the church has the Eucharist and that, I mean, that's the, that's the whole shebang right there. But, and, and you think about heaven too, and kind of like the, the, what heaven is going to be like, 
you know, I will be able to be best friends with Daniel in heaven, right? And that's freaking awesome. Yeah. I'm going I'm to be able to be best friends with everybody that listens to this podcast, God willing, you know? And that's really freaking cool. I'm going to be best friends with, uh, you know, as many, just, just all these people, regardless of, you know, our political leanings or whatever box we like to put ourselves in or whatever TV show we prefer, like all this stuff that separates us for whatever reason, even office fans, I'll be friends with the fans of the office. <laughs> um, and that's, and that's what we should strive for here. It's like, it's not, you know, I've got my, my group of, you know, focused people that are in discipleship. And then I've got the, you know, this group over here, of people that are involved, but they're not in discipleship. I've got that group over there. It's like, those are the fraternity guys. And like, no, that's not, no, it's not, it's not that it's, these everybody's a part of my life everybody deserves you know god's love equally and i have to be a part of that because of my baptism because of my confirmation and so like let's go you know i I, we can't spend all this time trying to box ourselves in try to think about them versus us it's just it's just us it's just humans yeah and we and if we truly believe that we all have dignity then we truly have to do what's best for us which is get holy and get to heaven and be saints and that's it that's the end of the equation and anything that gets in the way of that, it will take time to work through it with some people, a lot more time than others. But it's worth it if you have the end goal in mind constantly of eternal communion with, with God the Father um, you know, and the Son and the Holy Spirit and with each other. Like that's – boom. That's the whole thing. And so that's that's all I wanted to say. You made me think of it when you were talking, and I just wanted to – kind of drive it home a little bit that this That's is so big, true this is bigger than just racism you know yeah this is, this is oh, like hands a, down <laughs> yeah this is a whole thing that we've got going on here especially in america it seems like we've got this problem but i assume elsewhere in the world too so yeah anyway. no, that, that's why that's why religious so exemplify how we're going to live in heaven it's not just because of their celibacy but it's because of their community they share all things in common and in heaven we're going to share all things in common even more than we do now you know like in uh in the friars at franciscan um one of them told me that they can put magnets on their car but they can't put bumper stickers on their car because putting a bumper sticker on the car is like permanent and that like marks it as theirs so they like that car needs to be able to be shared with everyone because that car belongs to everyone and him at the same time um in heaven it's going to be not material things but spiritual things that we share and also material things to an extent because there is going to be material anyway that's not important, but all things that all of the virtues that belong to you will be mine. And all of the virtues that belong to me will be yours. And like every, all the virtues that belong to St. Peter will be yours. And all of the virtues that belong to you will be St. Peter's. I'm sure he'll be very happy to receive all of your virtues. And well, none, none of the vices of St. Peter, which is the real, which is real plus a real plus. (laughs) Nobody, nobody calls Peter denying Peter. Shut up. Doubting Thomas. Um, Uh, always angry. Um, yeah, and, and so I guess I guess yeah. the challenge for us, right, okay. would be taking it back to like what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I hope we don't set up an us-them mentality with people who set up us-them mentalities and us. Oh, right? shoot. Oh, <laughs> we're perpetuating the cycle. <laughs> it's a perpetual – we don't want to set up even more us-them mentalities. So, like, in order to ally yourself with that camp, right, that's how you do it, right? Like, okay, I need – to see their sin as not scandalous so that I can go in and be okay with the smell, right? Like it didn't take mother Teresa one day speaking to mother Teresa to just walk into Calcutta and be okay with the smell of these homeless people. Right. She had to like work. And like, I'm sure there was a lot of willpower that went into it and a lot of prayer and a lot of like offering. Right. So reflect on your own sin and like see how, wretched it is because i guarantee you that like that kid who said to you that he couldn't see the inherent dignity in hitler i'm sure he has committed a moral sin in his life god willing he hasn't but i'm sure he's done something reprehensible in his life right and for some reason he is and we do this too we have we have like worked out the guilt and made it so that we don't have to look at how wretched we are and we are able to separate ourselves from the people that actually sin and us. Like, we don't really sin. They actually sin. They're really bad. So how do, how, do, how do I do that in my life? Like, how do I separate myself from, well, they're the real sinners and I'm really not. And the way that you do that is you, you take a look at 
where you actually sin and you say like, okay, I actually am one of them. And we all together need to get back to the other side. Cause that's what, that's what, that's what meeting someone where they're at means. Mm -hmm. It means realizing the sin in your life and realizing you're not on the good land side of the bridge. You're actually on the bad land side and you need to build a bridge for them and you. And this is something that can be hard to do on your own. Like, you're not going to wake up one morning and just all of a sudden, like, if there are sins that you're not aware of, you're not just going to, oh, oh, yeah, you know, I'm bad like this. This is why you need, like, a good spiritual director. This is why you need regular confession. This is why you need to ask the Holy Spirit constantly to reveal these things to you so that you can, you know, put some effort towards uh, reducing them, you know? So, I mean, that's that's what I need in my life, at least, is just regular reminders you know from people on the outside because we can delude ourselves very easily about you know where we're at and our lack of sin so it's important it's important to have people on the outside whether it be really good friends like i said spiritual director confessor those types of things like that's that's huge um for this sort of thing and i think if we're constantly reevaluating, constantly doing examination of conscience um and bringing these things to other people and having good genuine conversations that's when you start to make some change and yourself and with, with other people and with your relationships. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's how I, what I've seen. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. we got to pray for it. And uh, God will do the rest. Amen. I'm out. See you later. Amen. <laughs> All right. So, I guess uh, in order to do some, like, businessy things before we head out, um, next week we're having Matt from the, the Catholic Card Game on the podcast. Matt Frad's going to be on? No. Wait, you said Matt. Matt. No, Matt from the Catholic Catholic card game. Not Matt Fred. (laughs) Matt Fred is in the Catholic card game. Matt Fred is in the Catholic card game, but so are we. Um, Matt, the guy who invented the Catholic card game and who who dealt his way into into our hearts. Um, He's coming onto the podcast to talk about the Catholic card game, which if you haven't checked out, it is is a Cards Against Humanity style game except instead of cards against humanity it is cards for the sanctification and glorification of humanity you can find the link to that in the episode description below also i've been working on that line for a very long time do you like it i thought it was pretty good thanks i i said it on a facebook comment like weeks ago and i was like i can't waste that on a facebook comment i gotta put that on the podcast so uh yeah check that out because he's gonna come on and talk a little bit they're halfway to their goal and if they meet their goal and then go a couple thousand dollars extra the crunch will have cards. We'll have actual crunch cards to play with, so you'll be able to, you know, crunch expansion. You'll, you'll be able to play Our Lady of Flimbo Flambo in response to uh, one of the prompts on the card game. So that that's fun. And also, Encounter Houston is in a month or so. Uh, I don't know why I'm mentioning that because registration is closed. I think they might open it back up again. I think commuter registration is open, so you can like still register and go, but you won't be able to stay at the really cool hotel. If you're going to that, please let me know so that we can hang out. Ethan is not going because he has a job. I'm just at school, so it's. I, I could go, but nobody's offered me a free registration. Oh, okay. Well, which you I can... could get if I signed up. You could you could get a free registration if you signed up. If I if I did if I retweeted your tweet and followed Encounter Houston and tagged three people. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought about doing, but I was like, that's way too many steps. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, what else? What else? There was one other thing. Oh, never mind. That's a secret. So, uh, that's, that's all the announcement stuff that I have. All of our information is in the episode notes below. Um, thank you guys so much for eight, for 100 episodes. I almost said 800 yeah. episodes. Thank you guys for 800 episodes in advance. Um, thank you guys it means for a lot. Episodes. It means a lot. Thank you guys for 1,025,600 minutes. <laughs> That's so many minutes. You've listened um, to the crunch. Patrick, would you like to hear why my wrists hurt? Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to make that I'm going to make that the intro so they're going to hear about it beforehand. Yeah. Um I've been I spent about 2 hours starting to edit my very first vlog today. Oh my gosh. I'm learning how to use Adobe Premiere. It's so fun, but I have no clue what I'm doing. Oh, it's so hard, isn't it? It's it's so hard, but it's also like super rewarding when you like get a nice little sequence and you're like, oh, that's cool, I did that, and you realize it's only ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's fun. I'm having a great time. 
hopefully I get it done soon because it's it's a vlog of the day that I moved in, which was on Monday last week. So it's like <laughs> it's so not the, not the timeless. I haven't had a ton of time just because of like team stuff. We've been really busy, but um, I don't know. It's kind of it, I I just realized how hard vlogging is. <laughs> That's the difference between vlogging and podcasting. It's like we yeah. just sat down and did an episode for just, almost 50 minutes and right. it's going to require little to no editing and we can just put it up but man vlogging it's a next a level lot. especially a lot if you don't know how to use adobe premiere like me like, i'm <laughs> sure once you get it down you know all the mechanics of like what to do and how to do it yeah it's way easier but uh for me i'm like looking at like how to put text on video like <laughs> <laughs> give me a week <laughs> you, you'll figure it out there's tutorials on the internet Oh, I've been. I know. I've been watching. <laughs> There's. Wait, are you paying for uh, Adobe Suite then? I think um, I can get the student deal because I've got a University of Tulsa like ID. Yeah, I so. think I think you can, but also I think that this is not this is business related, so it's not important. But we can um, we can actually I think we can split Adobe Suite across. Oh, two. really? Yeah, because the crunch pays for my Adobe Suite. Oh, what? <laughs> Whatever, bro. That's cool. I'm just spending my hard-earned cash. Um, I'm still in the free trial, so anything can happen um, as long as we do it by tomorrow. So, anyway, this is not important to the people. Um, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you next week. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.